What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co-host, Rich Houck, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us again. Ryan McNichols here, host of the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 29th. We are doing the second episode of our Review to Preview, where we take a look at each of the 32 NFL teams last year's season and what that can tell us about this upcoming season. We started off last week with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. We are going to work our way through the rest of the AFC West, and then we are going to hop over to the Super Bowl representatives for the NFC side, the Philadelphia Eagles, in the NFC East. But today, like I said, we're going to work the rest of the way through the AFC West. We are going to move on to the second place team in the division, the Los Angeles Chargers. Finished last year at 10-7, fifth overall in the AFC Conference, the top wild card seat there. Lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So last season, there was a lot of hype surrounding the AFC West going into the start of the season, if you all can rewind back that far in your brains just again to try to set the stage for everybody here as far as what we were thinking last year how last year played out and then what that can tell us about what's going on this year last year heading into the start of the season with the AFC West you had the Los Angeles Chargers who had Justin Herbert who was going to take the next step in Brandon Staley's offense you had the Denver Broncos who had brought over Nathaniel Hackett and signed Russell Wilson And he was going to be the piece that put them over the top and won them a Super Bowl, just like every other major quarterback move that had happened before that. Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. All these teams that are just a quarterback away that acquire an established veteran who is somewhere that just wasn't working out. And then they go on to have massive success at a new team that's just loaded everywhere else. That was the Broncos' goal, bringing in Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. That obviously did not work work. Nathaniel Hackett is no longer the head coach for the Denver Broncos. He is now the offensive coordinator with the New York Jets, alongside again Aaron Rodgers and the Las Vegas Raiders, who were a surprise playoff team in the year before, where their head coach got fired partway through the season due to some emails that were released, and they ended up still managing to make it to the playoffs with an interim head coach at the helm. And then they brought in Josh McDaniels, and he was going to you know, bring the Patriot way over to the Las Vegas Raiders, and they have Devontae Adams now, and they're going to be a huge, successful team. And then that didn't happen for the Las Vegas Raiders. Basically, the only two teams that lived up to the hype for the AFC West were the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers by making the playoffs but again even that was a bit of a disappointment because people were talking about this division as you know multiple teams having 12 plus wins you know there was talk that every team in this division was going to have 10 plus wins and that obviously didn't happen the Chargers just barely get there with a 10 and 7 record And as I said, they lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But let's take a look at how the Los Angeles Chargers season sort of unfolded. Justin Herbert, who in 2021 was the number two quarterback overall from a fantasy perspective, was a bit of a disappointment for anybody who drafted him anywhere near that high last season. 
only had eight top 10 finishes last year at the quarterback position. Another four were inside of the top 20, so he did give you 12 usable weeks from a fantasy perspective, with eight of those being top 10 at the position. But with where you were drafting him last year at the top of the draft, you know, up there, he was right behind, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, you know, Joe Burrow. He was up there in that group of guys. He obviously didn't meet that last season, but he suffered a rib injury, which is something I think a lot of people forget. He suffered the injury in week two against the Kansas City Chiefs. There was, you know, some dread about how long he was going to be out. Fantasy managers were panicking. They were about to lose their starting quarterback. And then he didn't miss any time, but he wasn't exactly the same the rest of the season going forward. And it wasn't just Justin Herbert. Injuries are kind of the theme for the Los Angeles Chargers. In addition to Justin Herbert, you had Keenan Allen, who suffered, who suffered a hamstring injury in the second quarter of Week 1. He only played a third of their snaps that week, and then ended up being out in Weeks 2 through 6. He came back in Week 7 very briefly to kind of test it out, see how it was feeling, and he played 32% of the game, and then re-aggravated the injury and decided that he was going to sit out again. And then he missed another three weeks, only two games, though, because they had their bye week after that. But he was out for another three weeks, essentially, after he got injured. Mike Williams also missed some time, not quite as much as Keenan Allen, but he missed weeks 9 and 10 with an injury. Came back in week 11, kind of the same thing as Keenan Allen, where he came back, played 9% of the snaps, got injured, decided he was going to sit out again until he was fully healthy. Then he ends up missing his week 12 and 13 as well. So, in total last season... Keenan Allen and Mike Williams played five games together, and that would be through weeks 14 through 18, where they played together, where neither one of them got hurt and left early without even playing half of the snaps. And with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen missing a bunch of time last season, you didn't really have a whole lot else in the wide receiver cabinet. You know, Jalen Guyton suffered a torn ACL in week two, so he was out for the season, so you lost some depth there. You had Joshua Palmer. You had guys like DeAndre Carter who had to step in and fill in and be a starter for several weeks when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were both out. So you had Justin Herbert who was hurt and playing through an injury pretty much all season. You had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen constantly in and out of the lineup throughout the entire season, only playing five games together towards the end of the season there. And just a bunch of other injuries scattered throughout the entire offense all through the Chargers. So I say all of that because this season... We're seeing Justin Herbert go quite a bit lower. He's actually towards the end of what is considered the startable quarterbacks or the startable draftable quarterbacks for redraft this season, where there's about a cutoff of eight quarterbacks that everybody feels comfortable with rolling into the season as their starter. And surprisingly, Justin Herbert has fallen behind the likes of Justin Fields and even Trevor Lawrence in that regard. There are drafts where, you know, both those guys are being taken ahead of him. ADP is kind of trending that way, where Justin Herbert is just slipping, and I think it's because everybody is down on the Chargers based, or Justin Herbert at least, based off of his performance last year, where they kind of feel that he's just a pocket quarterback, and because of that, his fantasy finishes are going to be variable, because it's going to be completely dependent on his passing touchdowns, which has turned out for quarterbacks to be, you know, a highly variable statistic over the course of their careers, but... There is some optimism for the Los Angeles Chargers heading into this upcoming season. You know, uh, Joe Lombardi is out as the offensive coordinator, and they have brought in Kellen Moore 
from the Dallas Cowboys, who have been one of the past heaviest teams over the past few seasons with Kellen Moore under or with Kellen Moore calling the plays. They definitely like he definitely likes to air the ball out and emphasize you know the passing attack. So that should increase some volume and some down the field shots for Justin Herbert as well as the receivers. In addition to that, they spent a first-round pick on Quinton Johnson, so they still have Keenan Allen, they still have Mike Williams, Josh Palmer is still there, but now they have another first-round pick, so a little more depth and security at the wide receiver position where you've had injuries to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen who are both getting up there and close to 30. Actually, Keenan Allen, I believe, is 30, and Mike Williams is 29. So both of these guys... On the older side, you had to get a little younger at wide receiver. It gives another target for Justin Herbert out there. You also you also have Kellen Moore coming over to strengthen the passing game. So all the signs are basically pointing up for Justin Herbert. He's going to be free of that injury. Hopefully his wide receiver core will be a little more filled out now that they've added Quinton Johnson in addition to hoping that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will stay healthier this season. So all of these signs are pointing up, so I'm not so sure that I would take Trevor Lawrence ahead of Justin Herbert. This is a decision that I've struggled with recently in some best ball drafts that I'm doing, as well as some mock drafts that I'm doing for my upcoming drafts. It is a decision I see I could see people struggling with. I did find myself going towards Justin Herbert each time, though. Just because he didn't run last year when he was suffering from the rib injury doesn't mean he won't run again going forward. And also, if they have an increase in passing volume and his pass catchers stay healthy, again, there should be an increase in his efficiency and his numbers. And I think we could see him return back to that form that we saw in 2021. I think, you know, he should definitely be going ahead of Trevor Lawrence and maybe even Justin Fields, depending on how you feel about that. I know running back or quarterbacks who have who run a lot have a high floor due to that rushing upside. But there's also you have to factor into the passing game or lack thereof of the passing game with Justin Fields or what happens if they reduce his role as a running quarterback now that they've brought in DJ Moore and they want to try to shift over, shift gears to a more conventional style of quarterbacking, which emphasizes passing more than running with the quarterback, and that run game sort of goes elsewhere to other guys on the offense. But let's move on from Justin Herbert. Talked about how Keenan Allen and Mike William did last year coming in and out of the lineup. Despite all of that, Keenan Allen still managed to have eight finishes as a top 30 wide receiver. Three times he finished inside the top 10, two times as a top 20. So despite the fact that he missed a handful of games last season, he still managed to produce when he was out there, still gave you eight useful weeks as a fantasy wide receiver. The value of that, uh, you know, shifted from week to week, from, you know, a wide receiver one to a wide receiver two to even a flex play at times. But the bottom line is when Keenan Allen was healthy and on the field, he was effective. Mike Williams was a little bit more variable. This is just kind of the story with Mike Williams. He, uh, you know, he's a roller coaster ride. He has peaks and valleys. Last season, he had four top 10 finishes, two finishes inside the top 20, and then no finishes anywhere else inside of the top 30. So only six weeks last season did he provide you with a top 20 wide receiver finish. With how high he was going, that's definitely a disappointment. It'll probably cause people to be a little bit more hesitant on in this upcoming season. That factor in with the draft pick drafting of Quinton Johnson in the first round. Should see Mike Williams' ADP drop a little bit. He Again, Mike Williams, my position on Mike Williams is he's more of a best ball player than he is a dynasty or you know a redraft or dynasty player. But even 
you know, with that in best ball, I think he's going a little too high for my likings. He's going up there as, you know, you'd have to draft him essentially almost as your wide receiver too in a lot of these best ball formats. And I'm just not comfortable with that with Mike Williams. His performance is just too variable. And there's no real prediction predictors to his variability. It's not like, you know, with other guys or, you know, if, like if he's playing at home, he's going to be good. And if he's playing away, he's going to be bad. Or, you know, if he's facing a shutdown corner, he'll underperform versus, you know, if he's playing straight, like his his performances are just all over the place and there's no real way to be certain of which, which Mike Williams you're going to get on a weekly basis. And then you have Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnson essentially, essentially competing to be the third wide receiver here. Obviously, Josh Palmer, as the incumbent, is going to hold a little bit of an edge over Quentin Johnson in that regard. But I think this will be one of those things where as the season goes on, we'll see Quentin Johnson emerge and take over more of that role away from Josh Palmer, if not filling in for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams when they get injured. That being said, I don't know that you're necessarily drafting Quentin Johnson. He's going really high in the best ball leagues that I'm doing because there's always that chance, again, that he ends up filling in on a week where both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are out, and he's the number one wide receiver for Justin Herbert in, you know, Kellen Moore's offense, and that could lead to a, a huge uh, a huge game here and there, but I don't know that for redraft he's going to have consistent value over the course of the season. For Dynasty, I really like his prospects. Again, I've talked about this before with Rich on the show. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen look like they're not long for the Los Angeles Chargers. Between their injuries that have been popping up over the past couple of seasons, their age and their salary cap, at least one, if not both of these guys, will be gone off of this team next season. And Quinton Johnson is a first-round draft pick who have a clear pathway to a starting wide receiver role for Justin Herbert. And if both of these guys are gone, even if the Chargers use another high draft pick on a wide receiver, they would literally have to be picking inside the top 20 and draft, you know, another wide receiver with a top 20 overall pick for that guy to have more capital and investment than Quinton Johnson. And at that point, Quinton Johnson will have a year of experience under his belt with Justin Herbert. So for the long-term spec- perspectives for or the long-term prospects for Quentin Johnson, I'm hopeful for, I'm optimistic about, but you can't count on him in redraft this season at anything. He's, you know, the last pick in your draft for your bench stash that you're just a dart throw, you're hoping will work out at some point in the season. Hopping over to the running back position, hasn't really changed much from last year. You have Austin Eckler back there. He's still awesome. He's going as the typically as the number two or number three wide receiver in drafts there, depending on how high somebody is in your league on Bijan Robinson. Christian McCaffrey is typically the only running back that is going ahead of him or that you're considered taking ahead of him. And there was some drama this offseason surrounding his contract, surrounding, you know, most running back contracts this offseason. I am the position that running backs deserve to be paid more money. How exactly the NFL should go about, you know, getting that done is a bigger question. There's no easy solution between, you know, there are solutions that involve making, you know, contracts for a running back, so a singular position getting a special contract negotiated in the CBA, and that's going to be a hard thing to swing because, again, it's the CBA. For everyone who forgets, that's the collective bargaining agreement. So that is the collective that is representing all of those positions across 
you know, both sides of the ball and special teams? And why is, you know, the people fighting for offensive linemen going to want to argue and get running backs their own special contracts that pay them more money than the offensive linemen do? It's so it's just a whole mess of things. Then, you know, you have NFL teams just not valuing the guys properly or not essentially not doing what the proper thing is and rewarding guys who, you know, have put a lot of time and effort into the game for you and have, you know, have grinded and worn their body down for the team. They're not necessarily being rewarded with a contract for all of that work and their rookie contract didn't pay them their worth while they were on it. So, like I said, not an easy situation, but Austin Eckler is back with the Los Angeles Chargers after working out, you know, an amended sort of one-year deal where he's got a little bit more money in incentives that he can hit. Again, still a top three running back, top five running back. He's one of the few running backs that you're going to draft as your RB1 this season and feel good about. I feel like the running back position thins out quick. You know, in years past, we used to have a big group at the top that included a handful of wide uh, or a handful of running backs that you would feel good about leaving a draft with, you know, as your starter. You know, when you had Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman and just a handful of other guys that if you drafted them as your starter, you were like, all right, I'm good, I'm fine. That used to be a much larger group. Now I feel like it's down to a handful of guys like Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, and then after that it starts to get kind of risky. You've got Nick Chubb and Bijan Robinson kind of lingering right there on the border. But outside of that, it kind of drops off quickly, and I think that's the difference this year for me is that I feel like before there used to be around you know, eight or so running backs that you feel good about being as your RB1, whereas this season I feel like there's three to five, and then after that the running backs you know, six to 20 are essentially all sort of interchangeable where there's not that huge of a difference between them. There are a few gaps here and there between, you know, a couple of tiers, but like the tier break between the top couple of guys, the top three to five guys, and then the next tier is a huge tier break, a huge gap. Whereas the tier break between then, you know, the next group of guys that might be ranked somewhere from RB6 to RB10 versus the guys ranked RB11 to RB14, that's not really that huge of a gap this season. So I find myself leaning more towards going wide receiver early and then filling in some running backs later where I feel like there's some value in the third and fourth round with running backs that will be available there. But if you're going to go with a running back early on, Austin Eckler is definitely one of your best options, if not one of you know the only three options you can feel really secure in. And then the tight end position with the Los Angeles Chargers is not something we're going to worry about. The tight end, it's just, it's, you know, this is a high-powered passing attack, and at any given week, the tight end for the Chargers could go off and could be effective, but I don't know that it's something I want to count on and bank on for a weekly basis. Again, there's not a whole lot of tight ends that I'm actually aiming for and trying to draft. I find myself this season in particular just punting on the tight end position and kind of drafting whichever guy is available there, you know, my second to last round before I start gra- or third to last round before I start grabbing special teams and kickers. And you look and you just kind of say, all right, well, who's the tight end I feel best about that's listed there? That's kind of been my strategy for tight ends this season. Not big on taking them early, and I don't really feel like there's a whole lot of value in the middle rounds, especially with the depreciation, like I said, of the running back this season. I just find that 
sacrificing grabbing a running backs in round four to six this season in favor to, in, in order to grab a tight end like a Dallas Goddard or a Pat Fryermuth or so, or a David Njoku, someone around there. I just feel like I'd rather have the extra depth at running back or wide receiver than I would grab one of these tight ends who could finish as, you know, tight end six to eight, but still not be that much greater than the guys that I'm getting as, you know, tight end 12 to 14. So overall, I think the Chargers are going to be a much better team this year. You know, Justin Herbert is going to hopefully be healthy. He's obviously we say that for every player, but He's not dealing with a rib cartilage injury. That should be behind him at this point, so he's going into the season healthy. You've got Quentin Johnson there to add depth to the wide receiver core. Joshua Palmer with another year of experience under his belt after having to fill in at times last year as the number one guy when both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were out. You've got some experience there with your younger guys besides Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You've got Kellen Moore there as the offensive coordinator to help the passing game. And hopefully you can just stay healthier on the other side of the ball. With uh, defense, you know, you won't lose Joey Bosa for a huge portion of the season. You won't lose a bunch of other depth pieces all over the place. But I feel, you know, from a fantasy perspective, Justin Herbert is definitely one of the top eight quarterbacks that I'm trying to leave a draft with. I often find myself grabbing him this season, again, because I feel that I really want to get some depth at running back and wide receiver in the first four to five picks, and then that leaves me needing to grab a quarterback and him, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence are usually the three guys left in the fifth, sixth round when I start looking to acquire a quarterback. You've got Austin Eckler, who's one of three to five running backs that you feel good about leaving the draft as your RB1 as. And then you look over at the pass catchers. You've got Keenan Allen, who again, when he's healthy and he's out there on the field, is still one of the best wide receivers in the game. And if you, I feel more comfortable with him personally as my wide receiver two than a wide receiver one have him ranked around wide receiver 14. Mike Williams, again, I've just never been a big proponent of Mike Williams. He's more of a best ball player than he is a redraft guy for me, but he's still around, you know, I would rank him somewhere around wide receiver 20 to 25, so a borderline starter, possible flex play, depending on what you need on a weekly basis. And then the rest of the guys on the team, it's really just a dart throw. Again, if you want to go with, you know, one of the Chargers tight ends because, you know, it's a high-powered offense with Justin Herbert at quarterback and any given week the tight end could end up catching, you know, six catches for, you know, 60 yards and a touchdown. And then there could also be plenty of weeks where, you know, they finish with one catch for two yards like Gerald Everett did last year in week five, and it gets 1.2 points and is is tight end 51 on the week. Again, just kind of typical tight end stuff. But that is going to be everything for today's show. Again, going to keep these episodes a little bit shorter. I know this one's a little bit longer than the last one. Try to cut this one down. Try to cut the next one down a little bit. Until next time, you can catch all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcast. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Have a great day.